Welcome to the Pixels and Ink Podcast, episode 277, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining us today are a colorful cast of characters. First up, we have our editor-in-chief, Brendan Fry. Hello at all. And we have returning customer, Brian Calhoun. I would like my money back. Uh, I'm sorry, you're going to have to take that up with my manager. Brendan will speak <laughs> to you later. And finally, we have a brand new guest joining us today. Our very own resident JRPG master in chief, Derek Hebsbergen. Hey, what a prestigious title! Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's your new title I in think. the magazine. You have to use that everywhere you go. Okay, <laughs> done. Awesome. So today, seeing as it's uh, the last podcast of the year, and uh, we're not going to be doing our game of the year until uh, the next podcast we're going to start talking about some games that we're all looking forward to in 2018 are you guys looking forward to this year's games releases yes there's so many i know (laughs) how could we not i know it's kind of it's kind of nuts i wasn't expecting this year to be as wild as it was but uh here we are so let's get right down to it um so let's get started with some of the big titles that are coming out uh that Mm. we've been talking about uh because e3 had a lot of different announcements. So let's get started. All right, our first on the docket is uh, Days Gone, going to be released uh, as a PlayStation exclusive uh, with no actual date for 2018. Um, what do you guys think about that one? Um, do you know much about it? Yeah, I got to see a few times at E3. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. What do you think so far? So it's so for those people who don't know, Days Gone is sort of a. Uh, almost zombie-like survival it's got a very last of us feel to it with a little bit of people seem to not be as excited about this title seeing well that's what i thought it was when they first showed it off (laughs) like that first trailer i was like oh it's a last of us expansion Mm -hmm. or something nope totally not nope not at all it's got motorcycles motorcycles. i don't know it's it's kind of what's what's that uh that uh hell's angels television show what's that one called Uh, sons yeah it's got a very sons of anarchy meets last of us Kind of thing. Or The Walking Dead. It's Sons of Anarchy and The Walking Dead just met together on the high ends of cable and made a new game out of it. You could also put World War Z into that. That's because true, of yeah. all the zombies attacking you at once. Mm-hmm. Everyone remembers that yeah. one scene from the movie where the zombies somehow managed to climb themselves up a wall. I kind of yeah, the flood. I kind of get that feeling from it. A little bit. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so moving mm-hmm. on, let's uh, talk about Metro Exodus. Now, did any of you guys play any of the other Metro games? So Metro... I yeah. played the first And how did you two. like those ones? Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're fun games, but they're very kind of long, drawn-out, uh, more narrative experiences. They're not really um, – they're kind of very different than what you might get from modern games because they are very linear. They're very just kind of do your thing, kind of go through the, the uh, kind of uh, set-piece moments and kind of get to the end of the game. They're, they're really pretty – and they have a very mm-hmm. Eastern European vibe to them, but so I know this series. it's a fun series. Are they more focused on campaign? Yeah, I know this so. one's going to really uh, delve okay. back into a lot of the same mechanics as the original Metro series, um, and it's leaving the underworld mm-hmm. sort of thing. So it's expanding the the world that you're going to be playing in Metro, which is kind of exciting for people who are fans of the series. Um, that one's going to be coming out. Yeah, was it? And there's a book series too, right? It is a book series. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was. Mm. Polish? Polish, I think it was. Uh, 
Russian. It was Russian. Really? Ukrainian or Russian. The Witcher was Polish. So anyway, this one's coming out at the end of Q4 in 2018, and it's going to be available for all platforms. So what? anyway, what they – you don't believe it? I, I don't believe You know that. what? There's a lot of games on this list right now that I am very hesitant to believe the release dates. We've heard this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah and, yeah. and you should be. You should be. Like don't ever trust that stuff until it's coming – like three months ahead of time, you can start to trust release dates. But yeah, until yeah. Then, and even in some cases, I mean, that's not even true. There have been rare occasions where at the last moment a game has been pushed back weeks before release. So mm-hmm. you are smart to not believe anything that anyone ever tells you about release dates. Like, dates. That's the word I was looking for. That's, that's, that's yeah, fair. That's a fair statement. I agree. Um, so moving on, uh, EA had everyone kind of enraptured with their press conference this year because of Anthem when they showed uh, just, just a small... Uh, cinematic trailer of the whole thing and then they proceeded to show a little bit more of the gameplay later on um, at various other conferences so uh, it's kind of a divergent uh, divergence from typical games that Bioware creates um, and they're anticipating that this one's going to be coming out by the end of the year uh, what do you guys think about Anthem? Yeah. Well, it looks good. That much is for sure. I mean, I, I I don't really think I'm giving a hot take here by saying it looks good. Um, but beyond that, there isn't really all that much we can say at this moment. Clearly, you take a look at it and you you see um, Destiny's influence, not just on, uh, you know, video games, but the shooter genre in general. And personally, like as someone who really enjoys Destiny and really likes that game, I'm sitting there going... Man, okay, this is one that I want to see when it comes out. I want to take an actual look at the game. But at the same time, man, just with the year that 2017 mm-hmm. has been for EA, I kind of want to see what this game's going to be like just to see is it like the final strike and they're out or something? Because it, it has been nothing but misses and misses. They've they've had, f- oh, what, three big games yeah. in 2017 and three disasters? Need for Speed wasn't the worst game ever made, but it's still uh, – it suffered. And I, I, I feel like it's fair to say that suffered a little bit more just because of how bad Battle, uh, Battlefront was. But at the same time, you know, some of those same uh, loot box mechanics were in Need for Speed. But at some point, you just got to look at uh, Anthem and go, hmm, is this that next train wreck waiting to happen? Or do they have the time and the resources to sort of turn away before it becomes that – that next, you know, uh, dead. Do you think they're going to take uh, some of the lessons that they may have learned with some of the releases this year and work towards that? I mean, they have a lot of time to put into this game based on what their anticipated release date is going to be. I think that they have to take a look at what's happened. I think that there was probably a massive loot box mm-hmm. uh, element to Anthem. There's definitely potential for it. There may still like, be some. Obvious. Yeah. Yeah. For, for a shooter like that, for like a loot-based shooter, of course, like like there's easily potential for that. And I think up until um, Battlefront was released, that was definitely part of the, uh, the uh, design document mm-hmm. that they were working off of was a massive loot box inclusion. I mean, do I know that for sure? No, that's just an educated guess, but it's an educated guess based on the fact that, you know, ever since Dead Space 3, was it? 
uh, loot boxes have been creeping more and more into EA's games. And you look at like the massive games they released this year and the loot box elements in there. I mean, you, you gotta have to, you just gotta connect the dots at some point. So um, I think that we will see a reduced amount of loot box elements in uh, Anthem. Um, I'm not totally sure they're so. going to pull away completely, but I, I yeah. think it'll be a small amount in there. It's a pretty industry-wide thing right now, too. It's like it's creeping into pretty much everything, like the gotcha element, which I, I can't stand. Like it, it makes me dislike games that I otherwise probably would like because – I don't know. Like, I don't care about paying for cosmetic stuff necessarily, but any yeah. kind of pay-to-win system is just like, ugh, you know what? And, and this that. is the weird thing. So, no like, all of the uh, mobile titles that are coming from big companies uh, from uh, uh, like Japan and uh, China, as they're bringing over their games, they're realizing that it's not a system that North American audiences buy into, even in like the mobile market. So, it's really baffling to me why these AAA companies are starting to adopt that system which has other companies have proven that this is a thing that people don't want to do right so yeah well they look at the money signs the giant money signs that are you know a a possible another avenue of uh cash influence into or influx into their uh, big pockets and of course they're going to go and try and chase that the problem is that especially in the case of ea um EA may not be the best company right now in terms of how they are standing financially, but I haven't heard anything saying that EA um, has to reduce itself in order to stay afloat. Um, it, it just kind of seems like loot boxes, at least for their uh, games, is just another avenue for them to make money and pass on to their shareholders. And you can't really blame EA for that. That's their that's their goal as a business to make money. That's what they do. So uh, I can never be angry at that. But what disappoints me is that there are games out there that I like, like your Dreadnoughts, for example, mm-hmm. uh, free to play games that rely on you to pay that little extra bit of money. And what I'm seeing is EA kind of destroying loot boxes for everybody. And while they will just pick up the pieces, and move on with whatever is next and probably still, you know, continue on for many, many years. If they destroy sort of loot box free to play model, then that gets rid of like the money source for a lot of other smaller companies out there mm-hmm. who re- like rely on it. And to me, that's that's the big like problem with Activision and EA and Microsoft and Sony chasing loot boxes. They don't need loot boxes in their games to make money. Yeah. Some developers. That's an interesting take on the whole situation Mm -hmm. for sure. But yeah. Okay. Moving on uh, away from loot boxes for a bit. So Dragon Ball has had a very tumultuous time in their fighting game franchise. And when this was announced uh, at the previous E3, Dragon Ball's Fighter Z was taken over by Arc System Works, uh, and they ha- uh, Capcom, or sorry, not Capcom, Bandai Namco has been like supporting and promoting new things every at least twice a month uh, for this game, and it's looking really, mm-hmm. really good. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to try it out. Have any, any of you guys played it at any conferences? Yeah. Then yeah, like, you'll know the it, battle yeah. system is really fun. Uh, one thing they're emphasizing for this is not just for mm-hmm. the hardcore and esports uh, like pro gamers. It's approachable enough that 
any of us button mashers can come around and try it out. No, it's great. It's fun. Um, and that one's supposed to be coming out in – that's it's slotted to come out at the end of January. Um, so. Do you think it's going to make that? I mean it's pretty – they probably would have announced by now if it was going to be I'd imagine I've had a conversation. Don't trust review dates or uh, release dates. I mean. Hey, you said three uh, months. You know what? Uh, you said three months. It's only one month out. What I've seen on some of the January releases on our list, like the companies like, like Bandai Namco – uh, they've been very transparent with a lot of the release dates that they've been set for uh, 2018. Like, if you look at, we're going to talk about this later, but if you look at Nino Kuni 2, that one's been pushed back twice already. And, but they've been like forthright with it, like as soon as they know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And we haven't heard much about release dates for being yeah. pushed back with Dragon Ball Fighter Z, as far as I'm aware, what I've seen. Um, unless you guys have heard of it. I've heard a thing. I don't. Right now, it seems yeah. like it's pretty so close to being released. That'll come out. All right. Next on the docket, we have Far Cry Five, which is a jumping ship from its usual environment and taking us to Montana, the exotic yeah. land of Montana. Yeah, where dreams oh, are made and broken. You wonder what I? I totally forgot that that was a different game from that uh, Tom Clancy's one in. Uh, oh right, um, Wildlands. Wildlands, yeah. For a while, I thought that was the same game. It looks kind of like the same game. It kind of, it kind of yeah. has the same feeling, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, I, I totally. I feel, it feels like I, I, I haven't played any Far Cries. Um, I know they're very popular. I know people really like them. Um, I, so this one looks kind of cool. I like that they're they're creating a bit of an edge with it. So that's kind of neat. Um, and that one's supposed to come out from uh, in March, at the end of March. I just yep. think it's going to be kind of exciting. I, I got a little hands-on time with it, and it seems very fun, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Not mean, really... they've, they've, Go ahead. they've backed away a bit from the p- politics of it all, but we'll see how that all kind of plays out. Yeah. Out of fear, do you think? I don't know. Uh, probably a bit of fear, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, so earlier... Uh, this year, actually at E3, they announced it and at a Nintendo Direct, they announced a brand new Fire Emblem game that to this day still does not have a title. All we know Weird. is it's uh, going to be a Fire Emblem game. It's going to be the first console game since uh, the Fire Emblem game that was released on Wii U in tw- 2007 or 2008. Something like that. Uh, hmm. Dark, maybe? What, the, uh, you mean the Path of Radiance or yeah. whichever one it was, Radiant Dawn for yeah. Wii. Yeah, I think Radiant that was the Dawn. last actual yeah. title that was a release for it. Um, there's still, yeah, I just, I, I'm excited to hear more about it. Uh, they're saying they're going to have it released by Q4 of this year, so we'll find out. Yeah, here's hoping. I actually really liked the Fire Emblem Echoes that came yeah. out last mm-hmm. year or, or earlier this year. I sort of prefer the older style of Fire Emblem because um, they moved like really hard into the whole relationship mechanic and dating and all that stuff. And I don't hate that, but I think that it sort of like took away from the core yeah. strategy gameplay. So yeah, uh, and they're also like a lot more anime, like stereotypical anime than they used to be. So I would hope that the new one maybe goes a little bit closer in the style of yeah. Echoes because that was good. I, I mean, that's uh, we were talking about this uh, before podcast, but like. That seems to be a lot of these franchises are kind of going that direction. And I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, God of War is also coming out this year. Also known as Dad of War. Where <laughs> dad of War. Kratos is a uh, dad raising a child uh, with uh, passive abilities. You can play, you know, control him to control his kid to help with battles and things like that. Um, 
So it's, it's God of War goes to the North mythology is kind yeah. of what it is right now. And voiced by that one guy from Stargate. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Christopher Judge? Yeah, I think that's right. Oh, Christopher Judge and anything he does is great. Christopher Judge in Wacky Racing was great. Mm. Where he played, uh, what was it, Brick Crashman or something, something like that? Like that. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I God of War franchise is interesting. I This is an interesting direction to take it. It's kind of more akin to um, a Gears of War style game where you have the kind of much more muscular kind of the over the shoulder look compared to the kind of top down look mm-hmm. of the previous games um it's, what i played is neat well what i've seen is neat rather it's also nice to have a introspective Kratos. yeah I mean, rather than just I, angry i mean until then it's just been ah stab yeah whereas now he's actually thinking about hey um i gotta raise this boy i gotta teach him to survive i gotta make sure he doesn't mis- make any of the mistakes that i have made right uh, I think that'll add a new dynamic to that entire franchise that, to be honest, like, what was the name of the fourth Gears of or uh, God of War game? Ascension? That was a trick question. No one remembers. It's Ascension. No <laughs> one cares. No one knows. And yet, and yet someone here <laughs> no yeah. one remembers. I think I, have a, I think I have a collector's edition of that game. There, there, yeah. it, there might as well not be a subtitle for that game. It just kind of just continued on and we realized, hey, Angry Kratos was a thing for like 2008. So now that there's actually going to be a deeper Kratos, I think that'll be like a, a nice way to get back into that franchise. Honestly, yeah. I don't think anyone cares about Kratos anymore. I don't. I think Kratos is a character that people just stop caring about. Well, if it's voiced by Christopher Judge, like I said before, I will play the heck out of that uh, game. Oh, Christopher Judge's voice is so good. Listen, he's so good. I know what his real name is. It's Douglas. It's not actually Christopher. Why do you Christopher? know that? Because he's Christopher Judge. I don't know. Sure. And he and he does great, like deep raspy voice that got him that like thirty second role in Batman. That what Return of Batman? I don't know. He was one of the Batman movies. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we've all got celebrity crushes. It's okay. It was his the Dark Knight. That was it. He was in the Dark Knight. Okay, sure. And, and now he's Kratos. <laughs> and now he's Kratos. Now he's Kratos. So there you go. Yeah, why and not? We get a deep, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think you were just going back to what Brenda was saying. I think bringing uh, a more deep interest into Kratos, creating some more interest in him, uh, is a good way to revitalize the series. Like it's, it could just make another one where he's smashing things. And I think this is just a little more interesting. And it seems to be. Uh, the kind of game that people are gravitating towards, at least we saw that in 2017 with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and things like that, where you actually care about mm. like deeper characters. So I think this is a great step yeah. forward for the series. It feels sure. like the sort of evolution or the leap that we saw between Resident yeah, Evil 3 and yeah. 4. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So And actually, isn't it like, well, you said Ascension exists, right? So that's like number four. But technically... Right, the last numbered God of War was three, so weird parallel there mm. from like God of War three to this. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Definitely. Yeah. I think yeah, it was God of War three. I loved God of War three. It was good. Yeah, I'll it's take like your word for it. PSP I just never played. Yeah, the two PSP ones weren't bad. No, they were fine. That was uh, Chains of Olympus, and because he's the editor in chief of CG Magazine, obviously. Like. Uh, what else, what other one was like, there? Chains of Olympus and Judge's first name was Sparta, Ghost of Sparta, Sparta or something. Ghost of Sparta, that's it. Chains no, of Olympus okay. and Ghost of Sparta. Nobody has thought about PlayStation Portable games in uh, like twenty uh, years. Yeah, I think I probably played, yeah, played I, one I know, this year. I know for a fact you did a review mm-hmm. for us that was on a PS. Beat, that was on a 
Vita. Oh, Vita. Vita, that's it's different. Still PlayStation that's Vita. Portable-ish. It's a portable it's, PlayStation. It's a hey, portable I think like it's not PlayStation Portable. Those are two different things. Portable. Hey, Summon Night Five. You know everybody's beloved series, Summon Night. I, I don't care about Summon Night. Uh, Summon no Night Five does out, like last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Okay. Uh, speaking of titles that are, who knows if they're going to come out this year? Okay, so 2013 uh, at E3, we saw the announcement for Kingdom Hearts Three. Finally, they mm-hmm. told us a year yeah, that sure. it's supposed to come out, and it's this year. Will it come out, guys? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I could see like very tail end yeah. of the year, like November, if they if they bust their butts on getting it done. Well, but, if you're looking know. at square titles that are coming out like throughout the year, they're pretty much wrapping up their big hits, and I'm talking like even uh, Switch ports and. Uh, PC ports uh, and and DLC and things like that. They're wrapping that up pretty early on in the year, so I, I I'm with you there, Derek. I think they'll they'll work really hard to get this one out so that they can have a big finish for the year. Yeah, yeah. Here's hoping. I mean, they're they're starting the year pretty strong with um, Dissidia, and they've got some they've got like several things planned throughout January and February at the very least, and then like. I know that uh, Square Enix is doing a Final Fantasy fourteen mm-hmm. fan festival towards the end of the year, and so like it's I'm like ninety percent sure they're going to announce a new Final Fantasy fourteen expansion. So they definitely have other stuff throughout the the year that they're going to be working on. But I could see Kingdom Hearts being yeah. like the cherry on top if they mm-hmm. actually manage to get it yeah. out. Well, time will tell. We'll probably hear some more as press conferences sees as the press conference season starts in a couple months. So maybe we'll get a real release date. Who knows? It'll be exciting. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, and on that note, Red Dead Redemption 2 is slated to come out in the middle of 2018. I know I'm super excited. But we'll probably come out towards Pardon? the end of 2018. I said, but probably will come out towards the okay. end of 2018. Yeah. I could see that. Maybe I could see it coming out in May or April range. That's what they, mm-hmm. Rockstar likes owning that kind of mid-year thing. Yeah, and a lot of people will get out of the way for Rockstar. So. Exactly. So I understand that. That would be an interesting one to see because uh, at this point, I would say that 99% of Rockstar's profits are from Grand Theft Auto Online. So you got to be realizing that they're going to be taking the next game and they're going to try and shove their Grand Theft Auto Online stuff into that as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to hate it for this game. I, I don't know. I would sure hate it for this game. I, I'd love yeah. to play like an online multiplayer player version of the game. I mean, depending on how they set up the story, I know this is supposed to be a prequel. Right to the original Red Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's supposed to be pretty. To cool. me, I, I loved. But the online part doesn't really matter in terms of what the story's going to be like. Well, how, it depends. They yeah, the story. No, the story parts. would be important because how are they going to shoehorn the multiplayer aspect of the whole thing in? Right. I don't know. They just did it with Grand Theft Auto Online. They didn't care. They just like said, "Here, this is a separate online part of this world." It really doesn't have anything to do with your single player. Every once in a while, uh, single player characters do pop in, especially I do not know if anyone here other than me has been prepping for the Doomsday Heist. Mm. I'm currently in the process of doing have that. Have not. Have not been doing that. Okay. Well, I mean, like we were talking about the last time I was on this podcast and we discussed probably the way too much money that I spent on Grand Theft Auto Online. Um, here is another situation where they sell you another base in order to get you going. And then uh, in this case, it's Lester from the main game comes back as a character that introduces heist to you. 
and sort of gets you going and he talks to you during the actual heist. You know, he, he does a whole Grand Theft Auto thing of like, I'm going to talk to you like I'm talking to you over the phone, giving you directions and stuff like that. Um, that is a a thing that they've managed to do three or four times at this point. There was the VIP stuff. There was the biker stuff. There was the air raid, sort of the uh, flying stuff. And mm-hmm. now this is like, I believe, the fourth major one. No, sorry, there was the fifth one as well with the drugs. Um, so, I mean, they've been able to reinvent this entire thing. We're like, we sell you a base. It opens some missions. It has really nothing to do with the main campaign. Mm-hmm. And it makes us millions of dollars. So I see no reason why they can't just do that with, uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2, where instead of, hey, you'll be robbing a bank and getting away on motorcycles, now you'll be playing a heist where you have to steal, like, five horses and, you know, mix a whole bunch of dynamite and stuff like that, and then you go rob the local bank that sounds and fun. escape on horses. I'd play that. I'd be in there. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Of course you would. It is a tried and tested formula yeah. that well, they have pretty much nailed. Good on them. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing else to say to that. I think I, I, I'm looking forward to it. That's all. That's it. That's all I have to say about it. And finally, on our list, before we go to break, uh, we saw some footage of this at E3 this year Spider Man. And then Somniac's taking over this Woo-hoo. one. So that'll be really exciting. We haven't seen a Spider Man like this since PS2 era, which is kind of exciting. Um, so it, lo- it looks mm-hmm. fun. Sort of like the perfect uh, comic book hero to explore the open world thing, aside oh. from Batman, I would say, right? Because his entire his entire like move set is based around yeah, swinging from buildings. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be a really a really fun yeah. way to kind of I don't know, just ex- really explore a lot of the the new gen console stuff with this too, because they can do so much with it now. It just really really bring us back to like the early two thousands and our, our old Spider Man playing days. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. I think we'll take a break here, and uh, we'll hear from our sponsors. And let's we'll talk about our personal uh, excitement when we get back. Man, I wish I could get new comics every month, but I'm broke and oddly always five dollars short. Lame. Wait, five bucks short? You say? Well, I've got something special for you. What the hell was that? It's me, the discount ghost of Coupons Pass. Are you scared? What the f- Use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, to get $5 off your next Comic Bento subscription. So wait, if I use the code CGMEG all in caps, all one word, I get $5 off my next Comic Bento? Yes, use the code CGMEG in all caps, all one word, and get $5 off your next Comic Bento. A whole $5, eh? Now that's scary. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. And thank you to our sponsors, Buns Podcast Network and Comic Vento. All right, guys. So aside from the list that we were talking about earlier, what are you guys excited about? Let's start with you, Derek. Oh, man. Uh, There's a lot coming out next year that's right in line with my interests. So like you said at the beginning of the episode, I'm like a JRPG fanatic. And uh, I mean, I'm like pretty (laughs) 
<laughs> well, good. I'm glad somebody did. I'm getting more critical. Oh, I find. Trust me, I appreciate it too because it means I don't have to review those games. They so can just give to you. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, as long as you don't stick me with like Hyper Dimension Neptunia because that stuff. Is no, we haven't. Uh, but... You're getting the next uh, Sword Art Online game. Just so you know that. No, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like. There's a lot of stuff, uh, like a lot of cool Japanese stuff coming out mm-hmm. next year that I'm really into. Um, so Dragon Quest Eleven is a really big one for me. That's coming out, I think, in like the spring, vaguely. Yeah. And uh, I'm a Dragon Quest fan. I've played all of them. I actually haven't beaten, like, I've probably only beaten half of them or so, but um, Dragon Quest Eleven looks really neat, and I appreciate the incredible difference in style with the PS4 version and the 3DS version. They look like, you know, the same story and characters, but totally different games, more or less. Yeah. So. I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Um, Lisa, I know you also are excited for Nino Kuni 2. I know. You got got a chance to play it, right? Yeah, I did. I got to play it at E3 last year. It's so good. So I love the way they changed the battle system up. I thought it was so much more like active, more fun. Yeah, me too. More tactile. Mm -hmm. Because like in the first Nino Kuni, you could only control your little familiars really and do like a few other spells here and there. And in this one, it seems more active. Like you can actually run up and swing a sword but also have your little um what are they called higgledies the little yeah. guys that you can control like the- i i actually found that one so, a lot more challenging too which i enjoyed yeah. because i mean if you're gonna be grinding i want to at least have my head in the game for that sort of thing right yeah so i'm, I'm excited the delay doesn't really bother me because i have faith that they're going to use the extra time to work on the mechanics mm-hmm. and stuff and polish it up so plus there's enough coming out between january and march that i'm not bothered by like a two-month yeah delay, exactly so. Um, also, they just announced Mega Man 11, which is very exciting. As a lifelong Mega Man fan, it's great to see that is that series it? is not dead. I mean, is it really? <laughs> Why? Why do you say that? Uh, just to be uh, antagonistic. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, since you don't have a clear argument, I'm going to go with yeah. <laughs> it is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair for you just to bull your way right through it. I mean, I put up a shield of BS and you just charged right through it. So I can't argue that. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm um, I'm hoping that Mega Man 11 plays as tightly as it looks because it looks pretty solid. It's got like a neat cel shaded style, and it's in the you know classic 2D vein. Um, as long as it's better than Mighty Number no. Nine, it's gonna be fine, I think. Oh, that was such a disappointment. <laughs> oh God, what a letdown yeah. that was. So that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing how that shapes up. Um, I, I have like a fairly extensive list. So I'm gonna keep blowing through it pretty quickly here. Uh, Project Octopath Traveler. That's one that I like almost forgot mm-hmm. about. Uh, because weirdly enough, I was just playing Romancing Saga 2. I played it for um, review, and we've got some exciting content coming on the way uh, with the creator of the game. And uh, the Project Octopack Traveler is, is inspired by Saga, like very clearly. Yeah. And even though the director of Saga, the Saga series, isn't involved in Octopath Traveler, it still retains a lot of that same essence. So like um, turn-based RPG where you have a bunch of protagonists, like six, or, well, eight, because Octopath. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like the style is super cool. It's like a neat blend of pixelated and uh, 3D with a cool lighting system. So that one looks pretty great. And I know the soundtrack's going to be bomb. Yeah, so that's absolutely. cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so what, a thing that I'm, I'm, I don't know if I can expect it reasonably, but I'm a really big fan of the Legend of Heroes RPG mm-hmm. series, like Trails in the Sky and Trails mm-hmm. of Cold Steel and everything. So Trails of Cold Steel 3 came out in Japan this past September. And like, I mean, given Exceed's track record, I don't see how it isn't going to come out here, but um, it's not confirmed or anything like that. So I'm really hoping that Trails of Cold Steel 3 makes its way to the West because I would love to continue that story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they just announced the fourth and final uh, game in the series. Mm-hmm. So no, uh, they can't leave us on a cliffhanger like this. <laughs> 
be so mad about it. Uh, Monster Hunter World's coming out really soon in the next yeah, month. Yeah. I'm sure all the rest That's of you are probably going to play that, right? Yeah. No, it was the beta was out last weekend. Oh, so. yeah, they've, okay. had, they've had two betas out so far. And obviously you played through the beta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm actually not the biggest fan of the past Monster Hunter games. Like every time I try to play them, um, I played one of them with my partner for like 15, 20 hours or so. I think it was the most recent one on 3DS. And I just couldn't, I couldn't really sink into it. And so playing Monster Hunter World, I find that they've done a really good job of making it feel a lot more accessible to people like me mm-hmm. who can't, it's not that I can't wrap my head around the mechanics. It's just like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's so obtuse for no reason. Yeah. Like, just tell me what the damn weapon does. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to have to research for three hours to figure out exactly what I'm supposed to do with this weapon. And maybe that's like, maybe that sounds lazy, but um, I think that Monster Hunter World strikes a good balance of accessible while also like still deep, like the series is known for. Um, yeah. A couple more quick hits. Uh, Secret of Mana remake. Secret of Mana is like super important to me. It's one mm-hmm. of my favorite games from childhood. I have a gigantic uh, mana tree tattoo running on my left arm because I care about that that game and the art mitt so much. So here's hoping that the the new PS4, what is that on PS4 yeah. and uh, PC? Yeah, it's com- mm-hmm. okay. So um, it looks. I mean, I, I like that it, it. They didn't really when they they went into the the remaster. They didn't go too far away and make it like too over the top like it still has that very nostalgia cute little chibi uh pixel art kind of style without being pixel art uh i'm a little worried about the voice acting i'm gonna be honest yeah it's a little it it seems it seems a little cheap almost like the overall aesthetic um so i didn't think they needed to do the voice acting i would have been totally fine with just a text adventure yeah yeah Yeah. me too so here's hoping that that actually shapes up i mean like i'm gonna play it right what I said, is that the secret mana that no one wants to voice acting? No. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's the, the secret. The true secret of mana is the friends we made along the way. Um, anyway, two more. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus, another hugely important game to me that I also have emblazoned upon my flesh. I have the the weak I mean, point sigil. Oh, really? I agree with you. Uh, Shadow of Colossus is like one of the greatest games like in the last couple of decades, but still you've also seen it released three or four times in the last couple of decades so like don't you have a playstation 4 copy you can play playstation 3 yeah or is it yeah. playstation 3 copy yeah i mean it, it was released on ps2 and then they remastered it for three this one's like a full-on remake though you know like new engine new uh, graphical assets and everything so yeah. like i totally get where you're coming from and that it's you know it's a basically a re-release of a game that we've already seen a couple of times and that's the reason why it's not say my number one game of the year but um, given given my history with Shadow of the Colossus and like it's just such a super cool and impressive game, like technically impressive game that um, I'm just excited to see what they've done to the new version. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll add like a secret Colossus or something. Wouldn't that would be, be cool? very cool. That would be very yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And then my last one that I wanted to shout out was uh, there's this really cute little indie game that I found out about called Minico's Night Market. Okay. And it's like it looks like a mixture of like it's Animal Crossing set in the sequence and spirited away oh where chihiro's so parents are pigs and everything yeah it, it's like a cool mixture it looks like a like an animal crossing harvest moon sort of hybrid um like stardew valley ish and it's got this art style that's like closer to animal crossing but like very distinctly asian inspired mm-hmm. um so it looks really cute and i only actually found out about it about a week ago 
So um, I, I think the website is just like Mineko's Night Market, M-I-N-E-K-O-S, nightmarket.com. So uh, check it out. If you're a fan of Animal Crossing or those kind of simulation style games, it looks really neat. And I'm sure there are plenty more games that I am forgetting about right now that I'm excited for in the next year. But I figure I will give the spotlight yeah. to Brendan so he can right, share Brendan, his picks. What are awesome. you excited about? I know there's no Diablo coming out this year. So what else? Sadly. As of yet. Well, yeah, as of yeah. yet. We, we don't know. Good Switch version yet? Oh, if only. Okay, let's go with Code Vein, the uh, vampire-style Dark Souls-esque game coming from uh, Bandai Namco. Uh, that game, it's, no, it's, so. it's Bandai Namco, right? Let's, let's, we'll go with I that. I want to say it is. Sounds right to me, yeah. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Uh, that uh, that game is interesting because the fact they do have that kind of very anime-inspired aesthetic with a kind of a darker tone, more akin to like a Castlevania type game. Um, from everything they've shown and everything I've seen so far of the game, it looks really sharp. It really does kind of harken back to that Dark Souls, but a Dark Souls with more anime tinge. And I do love the visuals they are kind of shrouding the game in. So if if all comes together, that game could be really exciting. Uh, but um, I also could be, we could also get a... Uh, Lords of the Fallen type experience where it's just kind of a knockoff rather than a true game on its own. But it's hard to say at this point. Yeah, especially since Lords of the Fallen was so rough. And also like what the surge. Yeah. The surge was like that. So it just goes to show you can't just emulate a style. You got to do it right. Exactly. And that is coming early 2018 for PS4, PC, and Xbox One. Oh, and it is actually Bandai Bandai Namco. There we go. We can say it. Okay, that's good. Good, good call on that one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. What else, Brendan? Those guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance. This is that um, really accurate sword and medieval combat game um, coming. Where is that game coming out of? Yes, it's, I forget. It is oh, coming out of Europe, I believe. They're, uh, anyway, they're they're a, they're not a huge team, um, and they're. Right now, I think they're being published under Deep Silver, but I think not so much. Yeah. They're, Warhorse is doing, uh, is the studio. They're built in the Cry Engine and. Do, 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 yeah, Deep who Silver. Is publishing them. Um, they are Deep Silver. Yeah. So, Everything I've played of that game is sharp. It's no, really it's not intuitive. It's intuitive. Very well, yeah. I don't know if it's intuitive, but it's really immersive. Yeah. Uh, you, once you, I don't know if I got the hang of the combat pretty quickly. It's just kind of, it's kind of easy to learn, hard to master style game. Uh, so far, everything I've seen of it's really exciting and I really am excited well, to see more of that title. Why? It's, it's neat playing it like a guy also, that's walking his thing. way up in the ranks of a knight. Okay. They've, yeah, they've and, spent and a lot that. of time and research making it as like historically accurate as possible. Like they've recreated actual buildings that would have been there mm-hmm. uh, at the time. Um, the music is a hundred percent accurate to the era. I was talking to the composer at E3 this year, and he was like, like, uh, was a Renaissance composer for like a really, I mean, like studied Renaissance. Obviously, he wasn't from the Renaissance, so that would be weird. But also impossible but he worked really hard uh on like getting uh actual like composition pieces to it um and the look is just really i mean we've seen unfortunately Mm -hmm. at a lot of cons they show down a very scaled down version because it's so it's so intensive but it's, it's just 
the concepts and the whole thing, if they can get that as good as the way they have it in the concepts, uh, trailers and things, it's going to look amazing. Yeah, it, it takes place in the kingdom of Bohemia, uh, which is basically where modern-day Czech Republic is based. It's, it is very brutal from everything I've seen, and it, but it does have that kind of accuracy to the combat that makes it interesting. Uh, but as I said, with all these games, it's kind of a wait-and-see scenario where they have really great ideas, yeah. and it's just a matter of it all can come together. Mm. Moving on. We have what else? We what else? The things I'm excited about. The last night. The last night. This game, I'm I'm hesitant about, but it, the ideas are interesting. It's the um, it was the one that at this year's um, Xbox press conference they kind of showed it off along with uh, some trailers. It's the one that has to deal with uh, kind of a noir mm-hmm. storyline taking place in a weird cyberpunk future. Kind of a side scroller style game uh, has that kind of noir neon look to it with very stark lighting and um kind of gritty storyline although there was a bit of controversy surrounding e3 about the uh, guys the game's creator having oh, some that guy. interesting That's... political views oh, okay. uh yeah. yes oh god i, I no, missed I this um, should i continue it? to avoid like, this? I, I don't remember all uh. the details entirely <laughs> Apparently, he made some disparaging that, comments that about Twitter, women game right? designers at one point or another, and he says he it was over Twitter, and he says he now regrets those comments, and they do not reflect his overall views. It was kind of a a, a, a statement in um, and that was pretty far back. Moment type it, like, thing, it, it didn't but, come out uh, at E3. It just came out that he said this at E3. Yeah, exactly. He it, mm. it had happened about two to three years ago, I believe if I remember correctly. Uh, so not the best thing to um, kind of put your foot forward for a major announcement, made... but... Oh, sorry, yeah. I, uh, I know he did, if the game like, does do hold... a... Because yeah, uh, it came out after the Xbox press conference that all this had happened, and he was presenting the next day at the PC Gaming mm-hmm. press conference, and he took the stage to actually formally apologize yeah. for his behavior and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, it's... I, I didn't at the time didn't know how to feel about it because it as as a woman in you know gaming yeah. and stuff I it's it's I, you hear yeah. that kind of stuff a lot uh, and it feels when you know it's brought to light and that sort of situation presented as very reactionary it's kind of like okay well obviously he has to say something or he's going to lose sales but I don't know uh, he's I I think he's been trying to do stuff to make amends since but it's really hard to tell about authenticity mm-hmm. authenticity. But we could go on and on about all sorts of different things that go on in the gaming scene about whether or not we pick the game over the developer kind of thing. So, Right now, I have only seen the game. I've not mm-hmm. played it fully. I've seen some demos and I've seen people play some demos. Um, it looks really interesting. But as I said, with all the things on this list... It's all a kind of wait and see and how it all kind of pans out as a full game. Because, I mean, you can have amazing ideas, have amazing visuals, and the full game is just not that fun to play. And right now, it's hard to say. But overall, I'm kind of excited to see how that game kind of turns out. And while this guy is definitely um, newsworthy, as comments do matter, let's also remember. Yeah, exactly. He is not the only person working on this game. Exactly. Uh, He is 
he was a representative of a team, perhaps not the representative that they wanted. Yeah, exactly. And perhaps this is not the press that they wanted, but let's just remember it's not- one guy's thoughts and his comments exactly. uh, do not reflect the entirety so, of the yep. development staff. Agreed. And then finally, I want to mention uh, Vampire, which, or Vampire, which is by the time uh, team at Don't Nod mm-hmm. who did Remember Me and the original Life is Strange. Right, yeah. Uh, this is a vampire RPG action RPG where you um, a vampire RPG action RPG that um, uh, takes you in the role of a doctor who is now a vampire and it is your job to figure out how you kind of take this on you can either be a try to kill as few people as possible but if you but by do by uh, draining the blood of people you, that is how you get our, our action points to kind of let you upgrade as an, as a um, vampire and who you who you kill and who you don't kill kind of does change the story so the more people you kind of t- kill in the world the more it kind of takes out what makes the world kind of function hmm. so in the demo they showed me they had you killing uh this guy's mother who uh, the serial killer's mother uh by killing her the serial killer is kind of depressed, whatever. But it also means that people around her that relied on her are now suffering because she's no longer around to give them help. And as more people die in this uh, city, I believe it takes place in London, uh, more and more parts of the city get closed down, condemned, because more and more disease gets in there and things like that. So it really does kind of make it so leveling up is kind of a choice. Do you level up? Do you kind of like grind yourself out, make yourself the strongest it can be? But like, destroy the city in the process or do you kind of choose very carefully how you level up and choose carefully who you kill to make sure you don't cause the city kind of collapse around you so it's it's a neat dynamic to that leveling up mechanic that a lot of games do um and the team at don't know know what they're doing in terms of storyline and kind of the diverging storylines that i think could make this an interesting title i remember correctly yeah sounds cool yeah I, I, I mean, the and team music, don't especially, know they're very, doing they're very visuals and art. So, how the music interplays yeah, with the game. Exactly. So, I know it's going to have a bang soundtrack. Mm. Yeah. All right. And is that it for you, Brendan? Very much agree. Okay. Okay. So that's all, all the right. games I have that you guys have not listed. So, all right. So, Brian, what are you excited about for 2018? Uh, gain out oh, 2017. Man, this year has sucked. But if we're talking about video games, yes, I will say that there's a there's a small list of games that I'm interested to see. Not all of them I'm interested in playing, but I'm interested in seeing sort of what the community of people who play video games will say about these games. Because, uh, like Attack on Titan, um, I don't know much about Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. I do remember like the two weeks where everybody was talking about Attack on Titan, the video game. Yeah. Um, it's a base. It's it's kind of a warrior style game, like it's a hack and slash, uh, except uh, in the sense that you're hacking and slashing through like titans at some point, and you can climb the titans, and it's kind of neat in that respect. Gets a little repetitive after a while. Um, it looks kind of pretty, but uh, it, it was it was okay. I I played a bunch of it, so it was kind of fun. And I feel like that's a game that would benefit from, like, here is Attack on Titan, the first game, as our base, and we build up on it. So I'm kind of interested to see what they do with it and whether or not it will be a better game. So that's why I'm interested in seeing 
uh, what will happen with Attack on Titan 2. Uh, but beyond that, I don't have much to say about it. Battletech and MechWarrior 5, they're two games that are supposed to be coming out this year. They are basically two different attempts at the same franchise, the Battletech slash MechWarrior franchise, where one's kind of the over-the-head RTS uh, Mech Commander games from the Xbox, where you basically have a whole army of giant robots and you control them as a commander from a command post and the other one mech warrior is where you get you know down and dirty as a pilot of one of the giant robots in uh the front lines of battles i have to admit that i have no battletech games um but i did watch the cartoon when i was a kid and i have most of the mech warrior games so um the only thing keeping me from not having played mech warrior online also by the way is the fact i don't have a computer powerful enough to run it so i'll be interested as a lifelong fan of that franchise to see what they'll be doing with that crackdown 3 also is a game i'm interested in because i never played the original crackdown i played crackdown 2 yeah and crackdown 2 sucked and i know a lot of people love the original crackdown so i'm kind of hoping a third game will be good so i can understand why people like that franchise yeah Uh, also terry cruz was in the trailer so that was kind of cool yeah, I just wish that they had um oh what was his name? Uh the office quarterback, uh Terry Tate something to oh man, what was that? It was a commercial from like five years ago, I forget. Oh. Um and wow. it would have been a funny joke if I could remember who the heck I was talking about. <laughs> but just just YouTube the office quarterback and you'll see the videos I'm talking about. Okay. Um Darksiders three. I love the Darksiders franchise. The first game, probably one of my favorite games of all time. The second one I enjoyed the fact that I got to go back into that world, but I really did appreciate the hack and slash uh, pretty much stolen Zelda nature of the first one more than I did enjoy the loot collection of the second one. So here's their third attempt, and what is it? Pestilence at this point that they have? War was the god or the horseman from the first game. Death was the horseman in the second one. Yeah, so, so famine and famine and pestilence, I believe, are the other two horsemen. Hmm. Um, I, I think they changed her to fire. Isn't her name Fury? I'm pretty sure her name's Fury. But yeah. anyhow, they're, they're taking a third crack at Darksiders. Uh, I doubt it'll be anyone who made the first two games because that was a THQ joint, and I believe uh, Nordic. Yeah, Nordic's taking Nordic ha- THQ. I, I forget who who got the rights. Maybe it might not have been Nordic. I can't remember. But somebody else has the rights now to Darksiders. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same people. It's not the same company. It might not be the same game. Who the heck knows? But it's a franchise I enjoy. So I will be interested to play that one and see how they do. Uh, Shenmue Three. I'll be honest. Never played the first Shenmue game. Didn't play the second Shenmue game. But people love Shenmue. So, <laughs> and that's enough for you, huh? So I'm. I'm going to experience a year where either either Sony um, has pulled off a brilliant marketing strategy or are pretty much hated more than, oh, who's really hateable right now? They're not all Trump levels of hate yet. I was going to say David Cage to keep it off topic. (laughs) David Cage, sure. Oh, David Cage. Yeah. I I think that... uh, has a lot of... Ex- like expectations to live up to considering how long it's been since Shenmue 2 came out and how much they hyped it and how the, I, I feel like the development has been kind of sketchy so far. Like they've gone from 
really uh, promoting it as this big, huge thing to them putting out like very infrequent updates and some of the graphical assets have looked a little rough. But I mean, I, I'm not trying to hate on it before it's out necessarily, but uh, that's one that I will be keeping my eye on with a, a little bit of skepticism, yeah, I think. Hopefully, yeah. And it's the point you got to understand that they got to get out of the promotional phase and it's actually making the game. So that might explain that. But yeah. I feel like Sony is in a position where they can't win. And it'll be it'll be very interesting to see them try and figure out how to win this when they can't. So that's why I'm interested to see what happens with Shenmue yeah. Three. Yeah, I think yeah. we're all kind of kind of wait with bated breath on that one because I know uh, I know we've been talking about the office about it for since the announcement, and it's kind of ah, I, I it would be great if it was great. <laughs> um, oh, I just want to go back. It would be. I mean, I want to live in a world. Go ahead. Oh, sure. No, go I was ahead. just going to actually go back to Darksiders just to let you know that, yes, THQ Nordic actually does have the rights for uh, Darksiders 3. So, same, yeah, okay. same studio. But anyway, uh, sorry, you were going to say about Shenmue 3. Uh, hopefully that is a good game. I want to live in a world where all games are good and I don't want to hate on any game even though I review games. Um, yeah, hopefully it's good. Fingers reviewing crossed. doesn't necessarily you have to hate on every game, so you're okay to like it if even if it's not, I you know, high credit, high caliber kind of stuff, right? So, I listen, I completely agree with you. Um, one of my favorite games of this year was uh, Near Automata, mm-hmm. a game where even the creator of the game said that parts of this game wasn't that great. And I really enjoyed it. And I, I will be honest, I'm probably one of the 25 people who played the original Nier, which was actually subtitled Nier Gestalt because I played the North American release, not the European slash Asian release, which had a slightly different yeah, name Yeah, it also it. had different characters um, too. So you're actually talking to the two other people who played it aside from you in this podcast. So I, Nier is probably <laughs> one of my favorite games of all time, like the original Nier, and I know it received so much hate. And did not get a good Metacritic yeah. rating, but it was such, I don't know, a near, near automata. It's wonky, but it's like heartfelt. And uh, it's one so of those games dark. where, yeah, you really got to dig deep to get into it. And I don't necessarily think that's like a fair defense of it, because I don't think every game should be quite as like weirdly obtuse as near was. But once <laughs> you got there, man, and was I that honestly, satisfying. Was, because I play, like, I don't, I play a lot of, the, a lot of like JRPGs and you have to dig deep, deep to get like really cool stuff and it's nice to actually have that i mean not nice every single time but it was kind of refreshing at the time that i played it to be have to dig deep to get all the story and get everything in there and not just get like the the initial playthrough kind of thing and understand what's going on flat out i i liked that so uh and and when near automatic came out i thought that was just uh it was just amazing to have the fact that it was even though it wasn't a success, it still got a sequel coming out. Like I remember, it was now seventy three. I actually jumped up and clapped, and it was another instance where Brendan had to pull me down and say that was not professional. Don't do that. <laughs> but it was yeah. I was so playing that. I totally agree with you um, about that. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So well, what else? Um, what else, Brent? Tune in next week for near to gestalt spoiler cast. <laughs> but until then, uh, uh, the crew, the crew too. too. Yes, um, I enjoy driving. Okay. I've been driving since I was a little kid. I raced go karts as a kid. Um, now I race drones as an adult. And the crew too should have been, or the original crew should have been my jam. 
a racing mm-hmm. MMO, which they somehow made yeah. boring. But there's parts of it that were just good enough that I was willing to give them another chance. So here's going to be the second chance. Let's see if they can pull it off. I have no idea whether or not they can. I haven't touched this game. I don't really know much about it going into it other than, you know, the the general stuff that I know from the first game and also what I know from just talking to other people about the second one. So yeah. uh, we will see what happens to that one. Hopefully it, they manage to make it less boring no, than the that, first one. So That's the mm-hmm. ideal. And finally. That's the ideal. Um, so The Walking Dead, the final season, is supposed to come out mm-hmm. this year, 2018. Um, the first part of it, The Walking Dead, pretty much everyone understands what that means. My comment refers to the subtitle, the final season, and to that I just have to say, <clears throat> and I quote, <laughs> It's good enough. Okay. Final <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I, I just can't see them giving that up. Like somebody else will pick it up afterwards. If it's not um Oh, uh, what's the studio? I, I mean, Telltale. Telltale, yes. The Petaluma, California, I still think they're located. I think so, yeah. Or maybe they've moved to San Francisco. Um, I, I could see, like, Telltale wanting to get away from The Walking Dead because, like, they have so many other games on the yeah. plate right now. And The Walking Dead is starting to roll down. But it's such a cash cow. It's not the final season. Uh, and... That seems like the weird thing to be looking forward to in terms of a Walking Dead game, but that really is what okay. I'm looking forward to. That's fair. Uh, which brings me to All the right. end of my list. Awesome. Right. Good list. My turn. Okay, so I'm going to start this off with one. I know you guys are all going to disagree with me, uh, but I'm actually kind of looking forward to Detroit Become Human. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you there. It's a, I, me too. Okay, I, 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 I didn't get a lot of... I don't think it's going to be good, but I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, I didn't get a lot of hands-on time. I feel like when I play games like this, uh, it, new experiences, mm. I don't get enough of the meat. I think this is a game I may not love at the end of it, but I'll want to actually play all the way through just to see how it evolves and that kind of yeah. stuff. And I, I kind of I like I like the atmosphere of the, the the whole scenario. I think it might be pretty interesting. I feel like it's going to be very superficial, but I'm still I'm I'm anxious to like actually get a full game to try it. So that one and that's. That's about it for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa, can I can I stop you for one second to ask a very yes. serious question? Has David Cage ever made a okay, good game? Okay, well, uh, I mean, he Prophecy makes like half right. of good games. Yeah. Like Indigo Prophecy for halfway was amazing. Yeah, got stupid. Because I'll say this: he makes very memorable games. Like I can remember the very first scene of Indigo Prophecy. Yeah, yeah. In that cafe, you're ordering steak and fries. Uh, very blurry steak and fries. You got to avoid the cops. <laughs> Um, and then you Blurry go stick. into um, what was what was the second game where you where you the uh, heavy rain heavy rain yes yep. which we will all remember for having an ending that makes no sense. I mean, maybe David Cage doesn't make good games, but he makes ones that you can remember for the rest of your the life. The problem with the end of Heavy Rain was it kind of it it completely lied to you. That yeah, you, it did. It you're like, oh, that's not possible. Okay, I guess that's why. It's like surprise. Press X to David, you asshole, because we're not going to show you the truth. Yeah, that was that was a little stupid. Hopefully, X to Jason. Jason. Hopefully, this will be a little bit different. And to be honest, uh, I am okay with that kind of sort of thing in like in a non-critical sense. Like when I'm saying yeah. that to play a game, I'm okay yeah, to yeah. like have something that's a little bit not as like like I said, I'm not going into this expecting like the best 
uh, fleshed out stories. I'm expecting like, okay, so that's a thing that just happened. Right. Uh, so I, I don't want to review it for that reason because I don't think I'll review it very well. But I'm kind of excited about that sort of like what what's going to come mm. out of that sort of that thing. Okay, moving on. Jason. 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 Okay, moving on. In January, um, the Lost Sphere is coming out, and it's the next uh, game from Tokyo RPG Factory. And I really loved I Am Sinsuna. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I spent a lot of time like talking with the team about the development process and how much they're devoted to bringing back that golden age jrpgs sort of style and i've had some hands-on with lost fear and i'm super excited about it i think they learned a lot from the first game uh i felt the first game was missing a bit of like <laughs> i'm setsuna was missing a few things that i really wanted from that element but still was enough to satisfy me and i think they're doing uh, they're going to go a lot deeper with this the story is really cute um and it feels a lot less uh esoteric as i as soon as themes were okay. so it's a little it's a little more yeah. like a, a driving story it's still a beautiful beautiful art style uh the music is still amazing they still have the original they have the composer thing that was on i am Sitsuna as well so it's going to be like mm -hmm. one of my go-to soundtracks to hear again i feel like for the year based off what i played and so i'm very excited about that one um yeah I, I know you're, you're excited about it too good Sarah. choice i saw yeah Oh yeah, yeah, I'm getting it for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited about some of the more um, like the what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, I guess it has more control yeah. in battles, like how you can move your character around manually. And um, I'm hoping they have a better equipment system this time than the weird like stones that you could yeah, do in I the first that. one. I mean, so, I understand uh, where they were coming from there, but I I mean I'm I'm glad that that yeah. was an experiment they're kind of abandoning. So that makes me a little happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just feel like it needed a little bit yeah. of cleaning up. Uh, I am Setsuna needed a little bit of cleaning up to be like truly excellent, and Lost Fear seems yeah. like it's doing that. So I'm excited exactly. to see how it shapes up. Same here. Um, okay, so uh, for VR, uh, before it dies, I'm really looking forward to Moss. Um, I got to. I, like oh, it. Yeah. It's so I'm with you there. It's so, so cute. cute. Um, I, when I actually got to play the game, I, I literally started tearing up by how like adorable this mouse was. And. It's so, it's so cute, but uh, it's it's not even just that. It's I, I really love how it, it is an actually immersive VR experience. Like it's it's not pretending that yeah. okay this is VR and we're just gonna basically put a VR skin on a game that you'd play with a controller. Like you had to there was interactive elements. It was very obvious that you are just looking at what's happening and you have only control over like giving input as opposed to like pretend control sort of thing. I don't know if I'm making sense there. Do you guys understand what I'm kind of meaning? Like, you have to give instructions. Yeah, you I have do to give instructions yeah. to the mouse as opposed to, like, you're controlling the mouse and not giving the instructions right. kind of thing. And uh, the puzzles are cute, and it's just really beautiful. And I'd like to see – I'd like to see the full version of that. Uh, I've been very, very excited. And I know the team is really excited as well. Um, Can't you just get a dog uh, instead? No, no. This one uh, – it's, it's, really, it's really – it's, it's really a little bit – I mean, I have a pet rabbit, so I mean kind of – uh, <laughs> kind of that was that was good enough for me and it really connected there um another one i'm really excited about is yeah. Ooblets. uh Ooblets. Yeah. So cute. it's yes. so cute Ooh. and i'm so a huge fan of like uh animal crossing harvest moon style games uh i never really got into pokemon to be honest i'm just a little bit older than that group and i just never went back to it um but 
uh, I, I love the fact that it's uh, another adorable looking game that uh, with, with a lot of the same elements that uh, man- farm management and growing your crops, finding your ooblets and battling your ooblets mm-hmm. and raising them. And I, th- I thought that's just a, and it's just the art style itself. It looks very fluffy and marshmallowy. And I thought that's really adorable. So that was really cool. Yeah, it's, it does. Oh, it just looks like a, a big yeah. fluffy cloud of marshmallows that are playing on each other. Um, and yeah, it really does. Sorry, so you're racing marshmallows to fight each other. It basically is. Does Michael Vick well, know about this game? They're, they're marshmallow mushrooms. There's like they're I, they're they're all sorts of really ridiculous looking creatures, and I think it's adorable. And speaking of ridiculous, from the creators of Catamart. What? Oh, go ahead. Well, you want to add something? Okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say you're talking about how cute and like. Uh, delightful this game is and how cu- how cute the characters are and it it just seems like yeah, cockfighting yeah. the game I, I, but with I don't marshmallows you, yeah yeah that's yeah, the idea that's that's pretty accurate, I don't think that's I'm, inaccurate. I'm, I'm in no. i'm all in for that i think it's great so. yeah i'm in for that too you want you want to know what they were right <laughs> speaking of being ruined by video games <laughs> from the main creators of katamari demancy we have watam which is another weird open world ridiculous thing uh there's not too much to say about it other than it's you create things you find things you look at things it's very weird um it looks like again the same kind of um irreverent humor that we got from katamari demancy uh and it's another pretty game so it'll be either really really bad or really really good either way i'm super excited to try that one out um uh i got a chance to try okay so this is not my wheelhouse of games, but I got a chance to try Metal Gear Survive at Gamescom this year, and uh, I didn't think I'd like it, but I really did. It was I just found the fighting a lot of fun. It's I don't know if it's a Metal Gear game. I think it's just a Metal Gear skin with a, a like a, a multiplayer uh, survival uh, sort of battle. Yeah, I mean, uh, that being said, it's been built well. It's using the Fox engine. It looks great. It plays well. And it's the Metal Gear franchise. It has more in common with Pachinko these days yeah. than it does with video games. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't have Kojima at the helm. So this is this is a game just from Konami. It is also c- coming out as a budget title, about 40 bucks. So it's not actually a big expense. It's more akin to a kind of a tower defense type game where you're defending your... Um, your villa, your little area, and yeah. shooting the monsters that come at you. It's, it's really a horde like mode. The game, the, basically. The group yeah. of journalists I was playing with, we'd all, uh, again, we all kind of came to the table. This was not our style of game. All of us, for some reason, I don't. I, they they must have known when they put us together. But by the end of it, we were like killing it. It was awesome. There were so many different things you can do and explore. And I thought I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more gameplay, especially the single player mode, mm-hmm. um, since they just announced that in August, I believe. Um, and I'm looking forward to more details for that to come out. Um, I got a chance. Um, Why does this have a single-player mode? It does. This makes it's, no it's, sense. It's more of a your hub and survival resource. So it'll help you with certain elements that you're going to need for the multiplayer aspect of the game. But again, uh, not much is known. So, Sorry? It's the mother base of Metal Gear Solid Five. Essentially, it's the yeah. mother base of Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, I, it's, it's, I, I it's, a, it's a neat thing. Uh, I'm, I'm it's still excited. Thing. I'm excited to see more about it, and that's a, a lot for me on this sort of game. So that's kind of cool. Um, I got a chance to revisit a, uh, Ace Combat, 
uh, with Ace Combat 7 in PSVR. And if you ever liked any flight sim game before, playing it in VR, especially a, a franchise as like well-loved and well-fleshed out as Ace Combat, is phenomenal. It's just a super experience with uh, the fact they've introduced so many different dynamic uh, weather effects that actually affect your flight and your battle, and you can use them and create strategies from them. Um, it's really beautiful, hmm. and it's it, uh, from the build I was playing, a very early build, the fact that it was still as clear and flawless as it was. I mean, I did have some problems, again, with VR. We're always going to have this uh, until like until it becomes either ubiquitous or gone. <laughs> but there was a little bit of uh, mapping issues, uh, depending on where you're standing, but that's always going to happen with the PSVR, um, even though it's the most user-friendly of all of them, so I'm pretty sure that's mm -hmm. a fix that can happen really quickly. So that one's exciting. Um, there's, And I'm going to go into a couple of the indies that I'm really looking forward to. So uh, a few years ago, there was a uh, uh, indie developer uh, out of Montreal called Bishop Games, and they created this really pretty, uh, very dark, um, like a battle against like light and dark in the visuals uh, game called Lightfall, and it's got some really like at the time it had mm -hmm. some pretty complicated and obtuse mechanics to it, and I've played it since, and it's really really become a more fleshed out, intuitive, fun game. But the best part of this game is it really has a speed feel that feels really free and goes so lightly with the visual juxtaposition of the whole thing so i'm really looking forward to that i'm not entirely sure it's going to come out this year they say it's going to come out this year but it's been pushed back a number of times i'm okay with i'm okay with them taking their time to finish it because like i said yeah, i'm yeah. really looking forward to a really good product from this team and i think that's that's the one thing that they're they're very much excited about um yeah, I just looked this up. I've never heard of this before. And I, know. I looked it up it's on like Steam. They, it looks super cool. Lovely, I love the colors they're using. It's, it's a very stark yeah. black um, like uh, foreground of the whole thing. So like the platforms, the the everything that stands out in the mm -hmm. front. And then in the back, they have like beautiful sunsets and crystalline looking backgrounds to kind of like offset the whole thing. So it kind of looks like a study of like a, a, a forest taken at sunset yeah. where you just see black trees and then a beautiful sky behind it. Like it's really pretty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of oh, prismatic awesome. almost. Absolutely yeah. it looks really cool. Um, Thank you for bringing it, it up. Out. Hopefully this year, I'm hoping. I just I just talked to the guy uh, when we were at MIGS uh, this uh, last few weeks, and he says it's close. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's it's cl as close as it is. And finally, um, we have uh, uh, the last thing I'm kind of excited about is another indie called Fee. Um, and it's, again, a similar in style, like mm. uh, a similar artwork style. Um, and you're supposed to go through this dark and colorful forest, uh, uncover mysteries, befriend mythical creatures. Uh, and it, it just looks, it just looks really pretty and just feels very like something very, I could really immerse myself into. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think so. I think you all had good picks as well. I think, awesome. I think twenty. I think so too. We have a pretty good I mean, spread it's, here it's too. It's really interesting the, talking the to like our, our uh, yeah. the whole group of people that we have on staff because it's really uh, you you get to know that we do have an extremely diverse range of what we're all into, which is kind of interesting to talk about. I think. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're the master of RP- whatever RPGs we have our we have our kin right there stuck in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Guys, I can I mingle with the cool survive. kids. All right, I know how to put on a face. <laughs> Hey, there we go. There we go. I, sh- I shot a person in a game I once. <laughs> you called I a did duty. a halo. I um, called a duty. Um, I don't, I don't know how yeah, I feel about I'm calling a duty, but eh. <laughs> we're not beneath poop jokes. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Uh, anything don't read, else anyone don't read too much into it. I think that's all the games I can think of. Yeah. Unless there's, oh, there's probably a lot of games we haven't that haven't been announced yet that might hit. But right, as of right now, this is the kind of list I think is existing. There are plenty of possibilities in the future. I'm sitting here thinking about games like uh, Madden uh, NFL 18. Oh, of course, yeah. Right, and the story mode behind that. Do you remember, did you realize how big that thing became? No. How many people who yeah. didn't play Madden before had played that because they just wanted to see that story mode, and that's something that they could do. And say the upcoming UFC game, mm-hmm. which comes out, I believe, February, uh, for example. And then I'm sure there's going to be another single player campaign for the next Madden game and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the sky's really are the limits because I know, well, I know, um, I, there's a lot like of after a lot of really cool video games. Uh, there were so many developers sure. who were still really into the idea of VR that I think we're going to hear some more interesting things about that. I, I'm not sure how successful it's going mm. to be, which is unfortunate, but I know there's like a lot of really cool things that people are trying. I think we're, this year's uh, press conference junket, we're going to be getting some really interesting and exciting announcements and hopefully some more d- uh, dates for things that were have been kind of sitting in limbo forever. It'd be great. <laughs> Halo Derek- 6, here we come. Oh, Yeah. So many developers, and not one is exactly. going to tackle that Skies of Arcadia remake we're waiting for. Am I right? Oh, am I right? All right, guys, I no. think we'll wrap it up. Uh, and so, thanks everyone for listening. And if you like what you hear, or you want to hear more about the things mm-hmm. we talked about, uh, you can visit us at cgmagonline.com. Like you're going to hear uh, Brian talk about De- uh, Dreadnought, and you're going to be seeing uh, Derek's romancing saga coming up in the next week. See what his thoughts on that really odd game are. Am I right? <laughs> uh, so you can also like and subscribe to our <laughs> pod, uh, yeah, right. podcast network. Uh, sorry, like and subscribe to us on Buns Podcast Network, Apple iTunes, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can follow us at Facebook at CG Mag- Magazine. You can follow us on Instagram at CG Mag Online. You can follow us on Twitter at CG Mag Online. Uh, what are your all Twitters? Brendan, what's your Twitter? And Brian? Uh, Bfry26. And Derek, do you want to plug your Twitter? B-R-Y-A logical. Sure, yeah. I'm on Twitter as EmbryonX. That's E-M-B-R-Y-O-N-X. And you can follow me for like, I don't know, probably (laughs) RPG stuff. I'm trying not to be one-dimensional here, okay? I like other stuff. Derek's Twitter is one of the (laughs) Uh, Oh, thanks. And it's not bad being one-dimensional. I get by just being on sarcasm there mode all the time. Uh, you can follow mm-hmm. me at it works, so awesome it works for some of us, right? Yeah. You can catch past episodes of Pixels and in Ink on YouTube, or you can subscribe to our channel. Uh, so subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all that and some other cool videos, uh, up-to-the-minute games and all that kind of thing. Anyway, thanks again to Buns Podcast Network and Comic Bento for sponsoring our podcast. And from everyone at CG Magazine, have a great weekend and have a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs>